0: to your heart, written for Britney Spears' seventh studio album, Femme Fatale, released back in 2011. And this was co-written by today's guest, Sophie Stern. I want to welcome you all to the Original Doll podcast. I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton. On the Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who created it. And it's philanthropic. For every question a guest answers, we get items donated to charity. And for every listen we get on Apple Podcast within the first 24 hours, we also get items donated to charity. We've been able to help women in domestic abuse shelters. We've been able to help homeless LGBT teens. We've been able to help uh, people of color, low-income families, everything. For more information, follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll. And also, I have a Patreon, and Patreon is just a way to support this podcast so that we can keep this going. It's basically me doing a one-man show with the guest and the listeners. So any sort of financial support, any donations do in fact help us, and there's options to give back to charity. So find that on patreon.com slash patreo p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot and I want to thank everyone uh, that has been listening to the podcast. I've seen a lot of your uh, compliments, questions, everything. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And many people ask, wait, did I hear a little like Easter egg thing in there? Did I... We've been fortunate enough to have uh, producers, songwriters, and more who have given us some exclusive content to get more ears on the Original Doll podcast. So sometimes I mention what those are, sometimes I don't. Uh, But we get it from the sources themselves. So instead of it being, oh, somebody said, somebody said, somebody said, it was forwarded, 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 we get it directly from the sources themselves. So be on the lookout for those Easter eggs. They're really fun. They're great. And that's all I can say about those. But just like with every other episode, uh, I'm going to be sending out an email with the link on how to purchase physical items of the guest on the show. So if there's still uh, vinyl or CDs in print, you'll receive an email with links on how to buy them to support those people. Um, And I want to thank everyone. Once again, the Apple podcast listeners, we've charted in over 40 countries worldwide, uh, all these different charts on Apple. So thank you so much for those listeners. I truly appreciate it. And all we need is more and more people listening to help more and more people. Uh, All those people that we've been able to help through the podcast by giving back, uh, they've appreciated. I've posted photos from the homeless LGBT uh, centers that we've donated items to. We've donated tens of thousands of items just over the past couple of months, Uh, and we're going to be doing uh, that. So for every future guest we have, every question they answer, item gets donated to charity. For every listen we get on Apple Podcast. And that item gets donated to charity. So um, please share. Tell all your friends that are listeners of not just Britney Spears, but music and songwriters. We have a lot more coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, so be prepared. All right. So once again, thank you so much. And let me know how you're feeling. And if there's any songwriters or producers you want me to reach out to, go ahead. Send me a DM. I'm also on Twitter at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. Uh, and it's the account that Britney Spears follows. So I just name-dropped. Yay! But uh, thank you all so much, and let's get on to the show. This is the Original Doll Podcast. It, it, the Original Doll. So for me, it was like, it's just been great because I got to talk to these people that I never thought I would talk to. Like, I love Trip to Your Heart. I think it's fun. And I get to, you know, and and it's stuff like this. And it's like, you've also like, you know, worked on things, Tasha, Rihanna, like that sort of thing. And yeah. I, I loved when I was talking to Lindy Robbins and I said, you know, there's so many great songwriters. And she's like, there are, and there's so many great songs that we've not been able to release or things didn't work yeah. out. <laughs>
1: I know I've I've like had it got so frustrating in the music being in the music industry because as a songwriter you go and sometimes you're in multiple sessions a day writing songs and you just have this hundreds of songs on your computer that you love like you put your heart into them and they just sit there and you your hands are tied like you can't even put them out if you wanted to so it's like they're your babies just sitting there and you can only show them to like friends or other songwriters or stuff like that but yeah it's well, there's and a that, lot of good songs on people's computers in the world. Yeah.
0: So and that was, I think that has been the the best part about this is that when I'm able to talk to songwriters, it's like there are so many great projects. And I'm one that could never, I could never first of all, I have no talents for songwriting or anything. So you all are, you know, goddesses. And for me, I also would be like, if I created something, I'm, i I wanted to be like, here, take yes, take it. Um and then it's like, duh, me knows, especially leading through like Femme Fatale, Britney era, Rihanna, Kesha, everyone. Those yeah. albums were huge, impactful moments in pop culture. So no one was trying to, if it got leaked, I talked to Lindy Robbins about her song Unbroken that was during the Femme Fatale time. And she said, it was such a great song and fans loved it, loved it. Cause it was leaked online. And she said, it sucks because I'm glad the fans loved it. But then it also there went my chance of that getting placed because it's already out there. So I'm like, oh,
1: that was my Kesha song, too. I was um, I worked on her album for maybe a month or two every day in the studio with the whole team and her and her mom. And then she emailed me but it wasn't her, it was her email address. And she knew all this stuff and it was like, hey, Sophie, what's up? And it sounded like Kesha. Oh, I just wanted to hear the song that we wrote. And I sent it to her and it ended up being uh, like a hacker. And I leaked leaked my song, but I didn't like, not on purpose, but, and so it was cool that it was out there and people were listening to it, but I also leaked my song.
0: (laughs) <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, that's something that I brought up with like listeners before, because I actually I interviewed Joshua Schwartz, who did early Britney, the lonely let me be my only wish this year. He did like 13 Britney songs from the Britney and, and um, oh. in the zone era. And he said a few years back, he got a thing saying, hey, it's Larry Rudolph, like send it to me. And he's <laughs> like. Well, this just doesn't sound like Larry Rudolph. And so he called Larry Rudolph and was like, Hey, did you send me this? And he's like, No. Oh. So then so then Joshua like reached out to the person saying he's like, Hey, I know it's not you. And the person came clean and was like, Oh, I'm just a fan of the music and everything. I'm like, that's the part where I'm like, You guys are assholes. Like, do you know, like it's like yes. Because but I but
1: maybe his song isn't sitting on his computer anymore. So I mean,
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. He's true. <laughs> the
1: only the only positive to come.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's well, and that's the crazy thing because it's like people love music, and that's why when I created the original doll, I wanted to show it takes a village. Like yeah. you're on these albums with so many other people, and there's so many because I think like whether it was Kesha Warrior like 2011, 2012, San Fatale, 2011 even Rihanna, like talk that talk, like loud era, these were all happening at the same time. And so you had some people that were going back and forth. So let's, let's rewind all the way back. How did you get started as an artist songwriter producer? How did you get started in this industry?
1: In the industry, I was, um, I had actually went to music school and I met this guy who is now my husband and when I moved back to Los Angeles, he was working for this songwriter named Linda Perry. And she's she was like, you know, just this amazing, brilliant woman she is. And he was engineering for her and he, he wanted to work with me and I wanted to date him. And so he'd be like, come write songs. And I was like, yeah, but I don't really want to be right. Like I wanted to write on piano and just, I grew up, you know, listening to Bonnie Raitt and Carole King and Aretha Franklin and I was really, and Fiona Apple, and I really Ah. thought, like, I want to write my own songs and play piano, and that's what I was set out to do, but he wanted to write songs with me, and he made beats and, like, had this whole pop mentality about his work, and so I did it. I wrote some songs with him to... Um, like hang out with him and
0: nice he
1: ended up taking the songs and it worked but he ended up taking the songs to Linda Perry and it was actually like songs I had written about him like before like when we were just dating and they were like my little angry songs at him and <laughs> he, he produced them but he didn't know they were about him and then he took them to Linda <laughs> and showed them and he called me one day from her studio, from Linda Perry's studio, and was like, Linda wants to use one of your songs for an artist. And I was like, no, like, I don't believe you. Tell her to call me. And like five minutes later, my phone rings, and it's Stop. Linda Perry, and she's <laughs> a super intense person. She was yelling at me on the phone, like, you need to give your songs up. I did it for Christina with Beautiful. And she like told me the whole um story about her giving her music over to Christina Aguilera for beautiful and she was like so tell me right now can I use your song or not tonight and I was like yeah and I just hung up the phone I started (laughs) crying because it was like oh oh my god Linda Perry just called me and also what I didn't ever think I'd be a songwriter I thought I was going to sing my songs so that night I went to the studio, to her studio, and, and there was Linda Perry producing one of my songs for her artist. And I sat on the piano and I played on it with the full band. And she was asking me questions. Should we produce it like this or like this? And it was my first real time giving a song and also being in a studio like that. And, you know, having um, like such a strong female writer, producer coach me and mentor me and believe in me and she then a a few days later talked to me about like she wanted to start a publishing company so could me and David be a songwriting team and could I write songs and she could give them to artists so for years uh or for a while I I don't remember exactly how long I was writing songs for for Linda and she was sort of my mentor telling me this is this is great. this is could you could work on this, and I'd go every couple of months and just play her all the songs that we would write. And she would um, um kind of like coach me. and it was this amazing experience. but um eventually me and me and David were dating, and we broke up. and I was like, I want nothing to do with this. whatever. We took a break. I went on, my friend that I grew up with um, was this artist at the time named Shwayze. He's still an artist, but he was was working on a a record and, and we reconnected, we grew up together since we were five. And I started playing him some of the stuff I wrote and he was like, write me hooks. And he had this manager coming through his studio and the manager was like, look. So he started taking my songs to different publishers and was like, I want to sign you, come to my house and meet with me. And I was like, no, I hate pop music. I don't want (laughs) to do this. And my friend's like, you're stupid not to go to his house. So I went to his house one day and I didn't, I wasn't a fan of pop music at the time because I didn't understand it. I thought it, I was really into singer songwriter. I didn't understand pop so much but I went to his house and he played me Britney songs without he played me Katy Perry and and Kelly Clarkson and Britney songs and he played me them without the lyrics and melody on them and was like could you write to this if you wanted to and then he played me with Max Martin's melody on it and said could you write lyrics to this if I needed you to and I was like okay I'm like dumb if I don't do this and he offered me a big publishing deal and I took it and that's what got me started in the music industry is that um, I signed a deal with him and he started putting me he was the guy at the time he was the producer and he started putting me in rooms with everybody from Britney to Kesha to Rihanna to every pop artist at the time and I we were a little team that he would have helped write songs for albums that he was, uh, producing or executive producing. And that's, that was the start of my, of my career. And it was this really cool and crazy ride and, and, uh, like start that I didn't foresee coming, but once I did it, um, and I can, um, wait for your next question, but it was, (laughs) I had I saw pop music in a totally different way and had this appreciation for the craft and and everything that I didn't have before so it flipped in me.
0: Hopping out quickly to remind you to join me on Patreon, patreon.com slash TheOriginalDoll, where you get exclusive content not available on this podcast. And basically, it's help keeping this podcast free for all. Uh, It does cost money to keep this going with all the server space and everything. So shout out to Rochelle, to Peter, to Tyler, to Tommy, Jenny, Max, Luke, Rami, uh, all my patrons at Patreon. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We have a lot more coming. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Slash the original doll. Thank you, thank you, thank you again to my patrons. Uh, go ahead and follow me there. Don't forget on Instagram too, the.original.doll. Now back to the show.
2: Spread my wings out into the dark. I'll fly away on a trip to your heart. Break these chains that keep us apart. I'll fly away on a trip to your heart. Fly away on trip
0: to your See, and this is what I love because so many people, when I've talked to them, they're like, I ended up going this way and I thought I was going to go this way. Yeah. And that's sometimes just the cards that you're, you're dealt with, you know what I mean? And it's like, go figure, you who's like pop music are with like the kings of pop during that, t- you know what I mean? During that time, you're like, yeah. Because of course the universe doesn't want to say, Oh, this is what you want. You, you take this. It's like, no, right. this is what you're the complete opposite. And you're just like, really? Is this, let yes. me go to this. What was that first Linda Perry track that, that you had worked on and who was the artist?
1: It didn't come out. I don't remember the artist's name. It was called. I can't be there for you. I forget. I, have you known it something? Uh, I can't even remember. It was called like, I can't be there for you or something like that. I don't know. It was just some song I wrote on the piano, but it didn't come out. The artist was, oh, I can't even remember her name. She was on like Warner or something like that. And um, I don't know. The song didn't come out. I don't think the artist ever put a record out. Um, That happens a lot. Yeah.
0: That's something that so many people have heard about listening to the original doll that, there's only this small percentage of artists that get developed into that where they're releasing things. Exactly. And even then you're at Everest. And then there's still a small smidge that gets that second album or that next song. Exactly. And it's, it's beyond crazy because I never realized. And so many listeners reached out to me where I was open about, it, I'm like, I assumed if I bought like, let's say trip to your heart, that, Oh, you're one of the writers, so you must get like a dollar from every time the song, you know, gets downloaded or whatever. Because no one, no one clarified it, which makes sense if the label's not trying to let people know that the songwriters are not getting paid much. And then the artist tax and pay songwriters, which I've talked about in the rest of these, is so many people are like, but that song was so great. Why didn't that song get released? It's like, well, you only have control over going here, take this from there. Will the artist cut it? Will it make an album? Will they push to release it? So there's all these hurdles. So you had to have been somewhat familiar with the music.
1: It like- was all over the radio. Yeah, I knew all about it. It was all over the radio and and my David, my boyfriend at the time, he loved it. Like he thought the production was so brilliant and was listening to it all the time. So I knew it, I just, it wasn't what I listened to.
0: So let's go to let's go to the 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 Britney part. Okay. How yeah. did that song come to be? Because I had different songwriters like Casey Livingston who worked with Bloodshine oh, Avant. Oh lo-
1: yes, I love her. Yeah.
0: Working and hearing all these different projects going on, how did you get involved specifically in Trip to Your Heart for the Femme Fatale
1: album? Uh, I worked really hard on Britney's r- record. Um my publisher was executive producing the record, and I'm. He was. He had rented out this big studio in Los Angeles and just had people come in and write. So I was writing, and then uh, Brittany's r is like this awesome. Do you know about her, Teresa LaBarbera?
0: Teresa LaBarbera's yeah. right. Everyone has had phenomenal experiences with her, which is great.
1: She's a special person. She She's just this woman who's a badass who found Beyonce. She's from Texas. And she just refused to live in Los Angeles or New York. Like, She's like, I'm from Texas. I don't live there. So she lived in Texas. And her husband was a ballet dancer, I think, but then learned how to fly a, a plane so he could fly her back and forth to her meetings. Stop. she had a whole family. She had kids, everything in Texas, but she would fly back and forth to her meetings or whatever her business. And then she's like, "But that's not infiltrating my life in Texas." So she lived in Texas, in the middle of nowhere. Like I say that because I don't know Texas. I'm from LA. I'm like I might sound ignorant, but I think it was (laughs) in the middle of nowhere. It was like two hours outside of Dallas. I I think Dallas now. I don't even know and. So I flew into Dallas, and it was like she also has, a, she also has a bed and breakfast in her little small town. So it was like she hosted all these. I mean, she would host writers. She decided for Britney's album, she was going to have writers all together in her bed and breakfast. That's amazing. And I was like honored to be part of it i met her and she's like let me fly you to texas to do this and i was like okay and i was a new writer i didn't know they flew me to texas i had like a limo or something pick me up from the airport and drive me two hours oh my god middle of nowhere to a bed and breakfast and at this bed and breakfast was like these incredible producers and writers and we lived there for days all together and like Um, wrote songs for Britney and it was this really cool what Teresa set out to do was just create a space of creativity outside of the craziness of the LA industry and the New York industry she's like here like come here be outside of it and just let your like let your creative selves go so we all went to this bed and breakfast in Texas and it was it was like ended up like Jewel, you know, that singer Jewel, She she's from Texas and she was writing for Britney and like, oh, it it was just such good, good writers down there. But it was like this crazy, like, what are we all doing in Texas? But we're all here writing. So that's how I got into the Britney record.
0: Were there at that time, though, were there any of the songs that ended up other than like what other songs were like during that time? To hear about this, go ahead and join me on Patreon.com slash TheOriginalDoll for some exclusive content from this episode. Don't forget, Instagram, TheOriginal.Doll, Twitter, at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z, and Patreon for even as little as a dollar a month, you're able to help keep this podcast going and get exclusives, like when we break down femme fatale. Patreon.com slash TheOriginalDoll. Back to the show.
1: And just had different writers come through like this. So actually, like for "Trip to Your Heart," where I uh, wrote, I think "Trip to Your Heart" was was written in in Conway with Nicole and Blood, because bloodshy and Avant had like a week at Conway, and I think mm-hmm. that's where I "Trip to Your Heart." I'm just trying to to remember. Um. Uh. Yeah, and I I went to write Trip To Your Heart. I went to write with Bloodshy and Avant. They just had different instrumentals and they'd give it to songwriters and we'd go take it in a room and write it. And, um, And with Trip To Your, I wrote so many songs. I wrote so many songs in Texas with like such great people. I wrote so many songs in Conway, in the studio. And then a few weeks later, I think I get a call from, max martin and he was like come in i want to have a meeting with you about trip to your heart and i was like wow okay that's crazy it's like max martin that he was like such a huge mm-hmm. um, i mean he still is like such a person i look up to um in terms of pop writing and i went and he was like i just want to talk to you about this one melody like i think it should repeat three times and i was like what that's so weird because we had this whole other like post hook for the song you know really like, yeah we had this whole other post hook that went all these different places and he was like you need to just repeat this three times and I was like I don't know what you're talking about but you're Max Martin like yes whatever you say oh no you know what's crazy I had said in the writing session I think we should repeat this and th- and Yes, because David reminded me of this after the song came out. And when I went in the meeting with Max Martin, I was like, oh, that's crazy, because that's what I thought that I like went with what somebody else said. And I was like so stoked because I thought like, "Ooh, I had like this. But but I thought that we should have repeated it four times and Max said only three times. So I was like, I don't know about three times, but you're Max Martin. Yes, for sure. Whatever and then when Britney ended up singing it and it came out and I heard the three times I was like that was really perfect for that song and you know so
0: so then how what part did Nicole Morier play in in it
1: We just sat and wrote together the song um Yeah, we just sat in a room and wrote together. I was like, I remember having such a bad migraine. They ordered sushi for us. So I was just like laying on this couch, eating sushi. Like it was the most luxurious thing. And I was in so much pain and we wrote that song. And it was always like that, that had always happened to me writing songs. It was always the sessions. I was like, this is such a weird session. I don't think this song is anything. (laughs) Those are my songs that got cut always. Like those are the songs I got. So yeah, it was a weird session, but hey.
0: Well, and, and I think I read in an interview with you where you basically didn't even get a heads up that it was going to make the album. And you are like, is it going to make the album or is it not? Oh, like, no, and you-
1: I saw it on Apple on the iTunes or whatever, when this record came out and it was on and I texted my publisher and I was like, uh, my songs on the record, like, is this real or is this fake? He's like, it's real. And I said like real, like I should like drink now, like celebrate or like I should wait and he's like you can drink now (laughs) that's how I knew it was real it was like oh it was so crazy but with Kesha like he called me a week before and was like your song isn't on the record anymore but with Britney he didn't call me and say your song is on the record or not I had to figure it out so it was like surreal
0: and this is something that's really cool and I actually was cracking up with Casey Livingston about this I said she said you know James if somebody wants me to write a book on how to make it on an import only extended bonus edition track of Britney Spears <laughs> I'm your girl. <laughs> so you actually got this placement on the standard version of the album which is amazing because it's it, there's limited real estate on an album. Yes. And the th- the common theme that I've, you know, common comments that I got from many people is how advanced in production and sound the Femme Fatale album was as a whole, that it was a game changer. And your song is one of those that's included on that. I had, there was, where is it at? Wes from West Virginia said, Trip to Your Heart is I think one of Britney Spears's best best songs ever because I think it has this funky Euro thing that we weren't expecting and yet we appreciated it with open arms. Tell anyone you talk to that this is a badass song and we're happy it's around.
1: Uh, Thank you so much. You know, I put a lot of it to Bloodshy and Avant. I think they're just so brilliant with their production and I am such a fan of theirs from talks, from old Britney stuff and I just like it was such an honor, such a huge honor to work with them on Brittany. like on. Yeah, it was such a huge honor. So, uh, you know, they they had a forward thinking with the production. and
0: Well, how did that feel, though, when you heard now you might not have known it was going to be on the album, but you probably got a heads up that she was going to be recording it. Right. Because not everything recorded makes the album. But sure, yes. you you got a heads up that it was going to be recorded?
1: Uh, that was sort of that Max meeting. Like he wanted her to record it, but he went in to make sure the song was good enough for her. So that was sort of where it left. And then I saw it, that it was on the record.
0: And so then for the demo version with uh, Nicole Morier on it.
1: She had written for Britney before and she had this sort of Britney thing down and she recorded the demo and it was so funny. And I think it's funny, like I really loved listening to that Britney record, The Femme Fatale, because my friends or people I worked with that sang the demos, you could hear their influence on it. And I thought that was really like, Uh, Just such a cool perspective that I didn't have on that before.
0: And that's one of those things when I actually talked to Casey Livingston again, where she had um, worked on the circus album with Unusual You and Amnesia, which is one of my favorite tracks. And Unusual You, Casey's voice is all the way through it. And she explained to the listeners about how these songwriters and extra voices create like a neutral bed for Britney's voice to stand on that. And that she's like, you wouldn't want Britney Spears harmonizing with Britney Spears on top of Britney Spears and on top of Britney Spears. She has such a distinct tone, but it's funny when I hear some of the songwriters and producers have sent me the demo, some of the demos that haven't been online from songs that were officially released. And it's like, you could hear Britney really used that reference. You could hear, or you can hear this, like with Nicole Moria. I think it was like "Poppy" or one of those songs. I'm like, okay. that—that's her voice. Like that's when I started yeah. getting used to everyone's voice. And you
1: can hear, you can hear a Nicole and a Nicole song and a Bonnie and a Bonnie song. Yeah, for sure.
0: And that's what's so funny is that so many people are like, "Is this something different and new?" It's like, no, it's it's been around for <laughs> forever that you have these, but it also gives flavor to a song that I think there's certain natural tones that some voices can't do. And if it gets too studioed or robotic, it kind of takes the flavor away. And I think that's why, uh, who else? Somebody said, because they were like, Sophie. if you have Sophie Bomb-Bomb, but it was like Sophie (laughs) (laughs) Bomb-Bomb-Bomb-Bomb. If you have, I I love it, I love it. Uh, (laughs) If you have her on, can you please have her talk about having that trancy Britney voice on there? Was that something that was talked about early on to change the tone of what a Britney voice could do? This was so cool ahead of its time. Definitely in my top five favorite Britney songs of all time.
1: Uh, this is so cool to hear. Um, it was just, you know, it that's like, it's the beauty of studio collaboration. It's like, you know what, maybe would be a band or maybe would be in a live performance or a live studio performance it's some of that in pop music in a in a produced song is that collaboration and it's like a way to think about it you know it's just um what each artist and 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 songwriter some producers I'm calling artists too what they're bringing to the collaboration as well
0: um, that's yeah. see this is what I love because in this situation you you're talking about it being a collaborative effort and some some people never acknowledge the other songwriter or the other producer out there and I'm like well that's weird you were in the studio with said person there's a photo like that's bizarre but I yes. think it's but I think that what I don't want to be lost is Here you are, new to the Britney world, about to get this, you know, doing this writing camp kind of thing. You have Nicole Morier, who already showed, hey, I'm on a Britney, you know, she was on the Circus album, things like that. And her voice has been used on a lot of Britney demos, even stuff she didn't write. And she's another, like, elusive one. It's like the elusive Chanteuse. I was like, are you there? Are you there? (laughs) I don't know. No one, no one wants to. So I just, I just in my mind, I just think that she's like this fairy nymph that comes out, does her thing, and then you goes back.
1: That it. might be, that <laughs> might be accurate.
0: So, so let me ask you this: the other songs that you were working on during the time with like Britney were they the Bloodshine Avanti things, or were you like, were there any like what sort of other flavors yeah. were you playing with?
1: I I did a bunch with Bloodshine Avant. Um, I did some with Luke and his producers. I did some with Oak and Pop. Oh my gosh, I wrote this song with Oak and pop. Um, Oak Felder, I think is his name. Yeah he's like Ariana Grande and he's he's so good. And I did a song with him and pop and and Bonnie. I loved this song so much me and bonnie tried to figure out how to get it on a record for years like even bonnie was Um. gonna release it we loved it so much but um that was one of my favorite ones i wrote during the time um
0: is uh, there ever a chance that you would just kind of release it yourself like you would do your own take on it
1: uh not anymore at the time like or over the years i had thought about it and i i i really wanted bonnie to put it out i thought she could do a really cool job with it um and i pitched it to so many different artists but it was never quite the right thing for them and um yeah that was one of my favorite songs but now i don't think i would put it out um I worked with Mike Elizondo. I loved the song I wrote with him. Um, uh, I worked with him. I, it was honestly months of doing it with in the studio every single day with different producers and writers. Um, and I feel like it was just, I got, I don't want to say lucky, blessed, fate that I got a song because there was hundreds, hundreds of songs that were written for her.
0: Well, and that was something where these are not, Bonnie McKee was already a name that, you know what I mean? That was like making things happen. So it's like, there you are, you're not only competing for that real estate, but also then collaborating with her. And I think that's the fun part about like, like this sort of kids in a sandbox. It's like, you bring the tools that you have, you kind of let other people use it. Some people don't want to share, some people do, but I think- the fun thing is hearing about this because it was like this think tank and i know with with you know kasia and i know um she talked about the song scary that was a like a japanese like bonus track like she said but she she's really good at getting those extra bonus tracks overseas where <laughs> she talked about, you know, Britney had recorded it. And then I interviewed Maya Maria about the song and she's like, yeah, the backing vocals were hard because it was like this weird staccato thing at the beginning. I couldn't do it. And and Casey's voice is so great and texture in its own that she's like, I was being distracted by hearing Casey's voice. Then you hear Britney's <laughs> voice. And I'm supposed to be like this third voice in there doing this and just hearing it, it it in that way. It's like, I love when people are supportive of each other as artists where it's like, uh you you do this thing and you do this thing well so let's go to there was somebody that had messaged me and it was called like I I'm done david they said ask about I'm done david and I'm like I'm done david so
1: oh you're
0: you're like oh that My is a song, song. yeah you're a song
1: wow i had a band with with David called Sophie and the bomb bombs and I'm done was a song that I had written that I was going to put out, but I never put it out. It was another, it's another computer song.
0: So clearly you have several people that know your music and that are like wanting to, which is, which is, which is always great. Cause I think I, and a lot of people have reached out about different songwriters too, and said, Oh, in an interview, they mentioned this one song, the one time. So then they're like, talk more about it. And I'm like, so it's crazy but yeah so we'll so so, beautiful
1: that people are into the, the it's the, the craft and songwriting it's yeah it's its own thing
0: we've had so many people reach out and just say you know I never thought songwriters like I never understood how much difficult time it could take time consuming that like uh, when I explain to people, hey, if your song gets picked, that doesn't mean that album is coming out in a week. It could be a year. And then yeah. from there, royalties and everything, that could be another year. Like you don't get that immediate thing. And I
1: had a song. I got an email that a song came out in Australia with this band, The Veronicas. Maybe,
0: oh, 101.
1: Yes, 101, Sugar Daddy, and something else. Um Three songs came out with the veronicas maybe a couple weeks ago i wrote those songs maybe 10 years ago like with them but they just put them out i had no idea they were coming out and then i looked on their instagram because somebody emailed me and said like um i like did you work on this music and i was like yeah and then i looked on their website and you
2: are the one that changed me me.
1: came out but that was like 10 years you just don't know you have no idea i worked on a song like years before and then suddenly somebody gave it to a k-pop band and it came out years later in in korean was that
0: second date
1: yes but it was called opposite day the song was called opposite day and it was about like a guy going down on you and it was like this whole like it was not about my second day. it was not innocent at all it was like are really you saying you're not that
0: innocent in the words of Britney <laughs>
1: not that no it was called Opposite Day where the guy was going to please the girl and it was like this whole thing and then That's it comes back in Korean and it, they, they like have in Korea they have a writer that will tra- that will change the lyrics into into what appeals to you know Korean culture mm-hmm. and culture but it I don't know what it says anymore but it uses like the exact melody the exact vocals that I did but it's my second date
0: <laughs> that was I had I had actually talked in, in to the listeners this was like I think a year ago there was a song that Britney did called ooh la la for the Smurf soundtrack and yeah. like Lola Blanc was like the like one of the first people to do it. And it was like, it was like, ooh, la, la. And it was about going down and it was yeah. not, and it was not that. And so it was funny because people are like,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's when people are like, but yeah. if the lyrics are different, why does this person still get credit? I'm like, because it's the same melody. They yeah. just change those words. So that's something where, so those Britney fans are like, oh, I get it. Cause the melody, it sounds the same, but the words are different. And that's the other thing is with publishing, my Marie uh, Casey Lindy everyone was like there's always a random foreign track that we're yeah. like I'm getting a royalty for something I don't know what it means but I, I get
1: it like such I wrote Britney and I thought if you write Britney you're cool for life no because it's not the 90s anymore like I never saw I don't think I ever saw like I saw pennies from Britney and that was like Britney Spears record that went platinum or whatever Mm -hmm. but I had a song come out in the UK that was like all over the radio that paid me for a while and still I sometimes get it but like we would never even hear of it in America because it's it's not here but if it gets on the radio anywhere it's much better than getting an album track
0: in well, and that was something where I started talking to the listeners about sync and getting those like movie placements, things like that, because the number one question was always like, well, how do we help songwriters?" And I said, well, first and foremost, if there's physical, buy the physical, yeah. buy the physical. And if there's the the down like the download album, like download the out, al- like purchase the album. and so, you should be getting a lot of Femme Fatale something. So, you, you may be able to go to like McDonald's for a Happy Meal uh. based based on this. Just
1: that sounds great.
0: Because they sold they sold out the Femme Fatale. It was three different versions on vinyl. One was yeah. limited to 4,000, one was 5,000, one was 2,000, wow. and they sold out. So, that's almost wow. 10,000 10, copies of Femme Fatale.
1: Wow. Okay. So, me
0: the Starbucks. There, yeah. <laughs> Don't go crazy though. Don't get don't get a trench or anything. No, <laughs> only
1: like, a no. only a coffee,
0: a small coffee. <laughs> a small coffee. <laughs> I love it. But so the cool thing is in in this being able to talk to you and learn all these things uh, about these songs and stuff. So let me ask you this: so when you're working with for Kesha or working with Britney or working with Rihanna, because they're three distinctly different women in the pop realm, how yeah. do you? approach them differently? Like, how did you, okay, so how did the Rihanna, like, you know, writing camps or anything working with yeah, her? Yeah, I
1: was just writing camps with Rihanna. Um, She was, like, the person I always wanted to write for so bad. I got in with her camp. I didn't get a cut with her. I wrote a lot for her record. I think I got close. I was in the studio writing with for her one night, and it was, like, with her main producer guy, and she was sleeping in the room next to me, but I didn't, but she was sleeping, <laughs> but I was like, maybe she'll catch the vibes of the song. I wanted to write for her so bad. Cause I thought her music in terms of pop music always just pushed, it always just pushed. And um, it was always so unique and like just bad, like badass. Um and so I, I, really wanted to write with for her, and I wrote a lot um, for her, but I didn't make it on the record. But the Britney track was a really cool jump for me because it got me into a lot of rooms, like Rihanna. Like um, it was pretty much, you know, any pop record that was coming up, I was able to go write, and I, I was uh, like it was really cool. I was, I flew around the world to different places writing because I got a Britney song. And when oh, you're a songwriter at the time, and that's the big album coming out and you're on it, you're able to get into a lot of situations. And um, I was really blessed to be able to get that ride off of having a Britney song.
0: Ah, uh, See, I, I love that because it's like, to your point, like I picture you because you're like pop was maybe not like but it's like there's that Rihanna there's something about her where she's she's pop but she's steering the ship so much as to where it's going and it's like you look at this stuff and you just go this is this is where music this like the anti album like it was from beginning to end it blew my mind in a way that I was like I think for many times people don't think of women artists as these creatives that these game changers, yeah. like we can throw it like Ed Sheeran is this or the weekend is that. And they're all great in what they do, but I feel like women don't get the shine for yeah. pushing that because Rihanna's album, what I love is auntie would not have been made 10 years before or five years before. And, there and you she have.
1: was, you know, people, artists like that, are hand picking, they're making like vision boards for what they want their sound to sound like. So even though it might be stacked with male producers, you know, somebody like her probably should be getting production credit or Beyonce or because they're curating their sound. And I see the sheets that would go out and it's not um, just the producer who's creating the sound it's also these women who have the vision. And what do you mean by
0: sheets for the listeners? What do you mean by sheets? The sheets um,
1: that go out? There is sheets that you get as a songwriter that say what the artist is looking for in terms of sound for their record. You get it as a songwriter and as a producer that, oh, Beyonce's making a record and she wants it to sound like, this rihanna is making a record and she wants it to sound like this and it's very specific and very specific references and like um that is part of producing is using your ear to come up with a creative Mm. overall sound for a record and a lot of artists some artists don't do that and that's not what they want to do and they want to sing and they want to make a, a dance the dance or the visuals or whatever i don't know but some artists really want to work the music and make sure they have it sound a certain way. And I think, I don't know, I have never sat down with Rihanna, but I think that's more of what she does is curate. And I think that's what Beyonce does is curate. And, um, and that's producing to me.
0: See, so do you remember what the, the sheet was for like Britney? Because here's the thing, this is somebody who, the the Circus album really solidified that she's back in, in the game. Because the Blackout album did well for many fans. Some people were like, it didn't do well. But Circus really brought... Max Martin was back in, in the picture. And then with Femme Fatale, Dr. Yeah. Luke was on there. So Dr. Luke had to have been attached almost at the beginning of the creation yeah. of the project.
1: I think, you know, he had a lot of young producers under him that had a great vision for what that sound was um and they really you know I think they I I don't a lot of it was like a like a brill house or like a you know like a songwriting building that was happening at the time where Luke had signed like I don't know maybe there was 10 or 15 of us i was signed after bonnie and there was this guy Jay Cash that was signed and there was like a few top line writers and there was like maybe seven young producer dudes and they were like very creative in creating this sound and i think that was part of what um luke was good at as a producer was finding young talent that um that was forward. And so I think a lot of the sound sparked from sort of these guys that um, that were creating this these kind of sounds.
0: Oh I love that. I love that because mm-hmm. it's it's important to see that there are so many different facets in this that you're not just a songwriter, you're signed to publisher. your publisher, yeah. you know does this and that. So um, I'm trying not to take up too much more of your time. so I want to. Okay, um, I'm
2: here.
0: I wanna so I wanna ask you then looking back on the time of getting that that cut the the writing camp and everything, how do you look at it now? Because I'm assuming sometimes we we are so in the moment that we don't get to really, uh-huh. you know, looking back, how do you feel about the whole process?
1: Um it was a journey, it was an experience. I think it was uh its own thing it's like being in being in the shiny thing of the moment and like there's a very um uh, it, it, that's like you know making pop culture and it's not ever some something that I see myself I don't think I'm like that cool of a person (laughs) it's not something I saw myself really doing or you know um so I am really grateful that I got to be in that experience and it was a wild and crazy um crazy thing to be a part of and and also There's something about it that was, like, you can be a part of what you think as a child, as, like, a kid that wants to be a songwriter, would be, like, if you, when I think about myself as a kid, oh, you're going to write for Britney Spears one day and be, like, get a platinum record and be in the room with all these people. I would, like, think that's crazy, but then being in it, I couldn't enjoy it really At all, because I was so nervous about where, how am I going to do the next one? Or how, like, Mm. am I doing good enough right now? I was really hard on myself as a writer. And then looking back on it, it's like, um, it didn't fulfill what I was trying to fulfill as a creative person. It fulfilled like this really cool moment. And I'm so glad that I got to write a song and that it got to be out there, but it wasn't like, it didn't create the happiness, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, if I get this song, I will be happy. And looking back, I wish I, I wish I was in the moment more to like Mm -hmm. really appreciate that experience and not be like, crazy looking for the next thing or wondering (laughs) what's gonna happen or how like i don't know looking back i wish i could have been in it more but uh i'm really grateful i got that and i think if i was like my younger self i would be like wow and finally i got my platinum plaques last year for my birthday because for so long i didn't get it because i was like I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't like wrap my head around that. I had that accomplishment mm-hmm. and last year um, my husband bought it for me and it was really cool. Cause uh-huh. I, I started saying, I really want my platinum plaque. Like I want the plaque that showed that shows what I did mm-hmm. and I, um, and I got it and I just, I'm really like, I'm really proud of myself for for getting on the record and for for, you know, de- honing and like developing my songwriting skills that could get me there. I think that's really cool. Um, I, yeah, I love it. What well- I, I think what I'm trying to say is like, I would I some of it started being less about the craft and more about like the industry part of it. Mm -hmm. And the craft is what really, really matters to me and what really has always mattered to me. And I wish I like stayed in the mentality of the craft more than I was taken by like, I hope this industry person likes it or likes me or like, am I writing the right thing for them? And that sort of takes you out of the, the craft of it, so. there's both sides for me.
0: And I think that that's one of those, I love it because you're you're being open and honest about it, because I think that's something that many people can feel and get caught up in, you know, that you, whether it's in this industry or another industry, sometimes it's like, oh, you don't get to enjoy it because you're too into the moment this, but then it starts going, well, now I'm more concerned about these external factors, and I'm yeah. losing sight of the craft itself and the things I do. So, yeah. was there were you working on anything for the follow up to the Femme Fatale or which would be Britney Jean? Actually, there was like a Rodney Jerkins album that was going to be around, and then it ended up being Will I Am. With
1: remember, um, I don't remember. I did Teresa do it?
0: No, I think that was. Let me look. I think it was I want to say it was A&R'd by like Larry Rudolph and like Will I Am.
1: Okay. I'm not sure if I worked on that one. Um I might have pitched some songs to it, but I wasn't like I don't remember being in in the studio for that one, but I might have pitched songs to it.
0: Yeah, cuz that's one of those things where it's like it's the, the album was going so many different, different ways. And a lot of these projects start one way. Cause it was like a Rodney Jerkins thing. And then last minute they were just like, nope, now she's signing to Vegas. Now we're doing this. Will I am produce thing. So then everyone over here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. happens,
0: that happens a lot. Like we're, I, when I talked to Joshua Schwartz, him and his writing partner, Brian, they worked on all this Britney stuff. And then in the zone, they did brave new girl with Cara Guardi. And by the time that that was done, Britney was going to be working on the original doll album, which is like the lost album and then blackout. And at that point, Britney cut off every person that was from the old regime. Yeah. That happens a lot where people are like, I need a fresh starter. I just, I think my time with you has gotten everything I can out of it so I was always wondering about that but um so then one last thing for you um because I'm going to also send you there are several questions that I have that I'll send to you and I'll let people know after I announce that you're going to be on here to send questions to me because then I can email those to you and even those that you answer we get items donated to charity so thank you so much and so Mm -hmm. um one of the the last things is is there, looking back, is there a moment that you've had where you just said, that's the moment I knew I had the ability to be an artist? What was that, sh- that light bulb f- boom? Or you said, you know what, it's you know, music or bust sort of thing. Where was that moment that you're like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do?
1: It was never a question for me. I would I like remember being three years old making songs on my radio on my little like radio thing. And I wouldn't I didn't tell anybody what I wanted to do, but I knew it and nothing could stop me. And I remember um yeah, I remember like after high school, just I'm I only wanna do music. That's all I wanna do and I tried to go to a regular college and I ended up taking every single music course I could possibly take that you couldn't take anymore in the college and like (laughs) I just had I then went to music school because I was like I don't I think I was scared of like just jumping into to the industry um and so I was like let me work on my craft and then I you know but it was never a question for me because I had to, I had to do it. Like I just, I had to do it. It was, it was what I thought was my destiny to, to do, and, and I had to, to follow that, and I followed it, um, as far as I could, and I was obsessed. I was obsessed with music. I was obsessed with songwriting, um, and I was obsessed with yeah it was like a it was like an an inspiration and also like a a math problem for me trying to figure out how to write songs and how Mm -hmm. to and I ended up going on to produce and I produced people uh, the last like few years I was producing people before COVID hit um, I I took it that route of like, I have to learn how to produce and I have to learn how to, I, I just, w- I've always been obsessed with music, um, uh, of writing music, like beyond normal, <laughs> beyond like it's a hobby.
0: So, yeah. This is the part that I love because I think, you know, we as fans of your, your music and, and, you know, appreciating your artistic skills and everything is we can go, that's awesome that we have somebody who's like, there was no plan B, this this is what I was doing. And it's great because there's passion in there. And I feel like, especially after 2020 is, I feel like the world started shifting and I feel like we don't look, I think that people look at the arts differently. And my hope is to remind people, we need the arts. We need these things so that okay. these young artists can still come up because if we stop, there's gonna be no new art. And that yeah. there's no easy you know not many people's story can be like oh my first ever writing session was one time and it was rihanna and beyonce and they did a duet and i was the sole writer and Purdue it's like those things don't happen you know what i mean <laughs> so but i'm it's-
1: curious to see like where music goes because there's you know i was there at a time when it was pop was the thing but i think now there's a lot of singer-songwriters coming up and there's a lot of people there's a lot of kids producing in their room and you know it's a different era and i'm curious what what it will look like post-covid if that sort of uh, songwriting collaboration will still be have such a hold or is does it move more towards somebody that had to sit in their room all quarantine and like you know make something themselves or I don't know I'm curious what it looks like and I'm also curious how how the industry changes um, and what where artists take a stand I know all these artists coming up now put out their own music and they don't need a label in the same way and they don't need a publisher in the same way and um, there's not, they don't need the big company running, um, running everything for them. So it's it's a time of change and it's a time to just sort of see what happens, but I don't think art can ever go away. and um, And I think people, I think it, brings people joy and comfort and um a perspective on the world that is needed and and people will find ways to um to make money off of it and make a living off of it or not like have artists ever really made a living off it?
0: I don't know so (laughs) no
1: (laughs) so yeah but it will still be there yeah oh my
0: god I love it well I want to end it on that because I think it's it's an uplifting way to talk about where we go from here and how no one knows what the next hit is going to be. No one knows what the next song is going to be that gets everyone, you know, on board to say, you know, whether it was I today for some reason, I was listening to Black Eyed Peas and then I was like, oh my God, Mazel Tov. Like, and how <laughs> those songs were these epic things and then Old Town Road, but then I'm super excited about the Olivia Rodrigo's of the world. Like I'm excited about the theatricality of songwriting again. And I feel like we're at this point where commerce and art is like, well, we don't know how to make this work. So art's going to, art's going to keep happening, you know? Yeah. So that's what I love. Well, Sophie, thank you so much for everything. And I'm going to be sending you, I'm looking at these questions. I'm going to be sending you several questions this weekend just yeah. to send to you. Um,
2: yeah.
0: And yeah, thank you for spending time. And I truly appreciate it. Uh, you talking with the original doll and you talking to the listeners about your experience and your story. And I want to thank you uh, for doing thank that and helping out the you. charities. Thank you.
1: So much for having me. This was really fun. Thanks for, you know, all the work that you do and putting the spotlight on songwriters. It's
0: really cool want to thank once again sophie stern and you can find her on instagram sophie bombom b-o-m-b-o-m and i want to thank you all for listening hope you learned a little bit more about trip to your heart from femme fatale by britney spears don't forget to follow me on instagram the.original.doll and patreon.com slash the original doll that way you can keep this podcast the original doll podcast going uh and tell other people about it share it we have a bunch of fun things coming up over the next few weeks, leading into fall and winter. So, thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the flip side. It, it, the original.